Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. Here are my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Gary Price. How's it going? At Dynasty Price. Price check. It's been getting it's been getting a lot of love. Wow, it's a pretty good slogan. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> don't pat yourself on the back so hard. Pat myself on the back every episode. You're gonna, you're gonna hurt it's your my shoulder. Worst attribute about Rich Dodson is I am a, a self uh pedestaler. I put myself <laughs> on that pedestal and I put a mirror in front of me and I look at it. And I'm like, this guy's good looking. He's glorious. He's smart. He has great ideas about Twitter handles and dynasty fantasy football. I mean, if you can't lie to yourself, who can you lie to? You're right. You're right. right. Who so can't go for it? If you can't right? trust yourself, who can you trust? Anybody, really, I guess. Hopefully, I guess. your barber. Honest people. Do you yeah. trust your barber? Yeah, he's pretty good. I guess you should trust your barber. It's good. Hey, give me the usual. Yeah. You don't say that to the barber, usually, right? You know, he doesn't answer what you want. What? I don't know. The barber asked me what I want. I said, yeah, it's number two, like normal. All right, cool. Oh, I don't know. Tighten me up. Okay. Uh, we're here with that great intro. Uh, maybe if you if you want, you can rewind that and listen to it again uh, if you're ready to get really excited. Uh, if you're wearing a Dynasty Nerd shirt, no need. You're already there. Uh, but today we're talking wide receivers part two. So we're going to break down six more guys, and then next week we're going to get into the tight ends, and we're going to have a bonus episode next week. We're going to cover some more wide receivers. So next week you get a privilege. You're going to be a special day. It's going to be a special week because you're going to get two Dynasty Nerds podcasts. You're going to get the NFL draft for four days. Three days or four days? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't no. think it happens on Sunday. No Sunday. Yep, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Three days of NFL draft. You get Avengers <laughs> Endgame. Like what a week! You get the second episode of Game of Thrones. Like you're talking oh. about, you're talking about a good week coming up here, right? And we're just teasing in here with some good receivers. Like we're gonna talk about a couple of six guys here that are pretty intriguing. Um, I gotta say this wide receiver class. I want to see the NFL draft. The real, I think the NFL draft's really gonna align some of these guys. But they, a lot of the guys we're gonna talk about today are have some really nice upside. Um, again, I think this receiving class is a saving grace of this entire class. Uh, before we get into this class, so let's talk about a couple of news and notes. Russell Wilson last night in his bed, half naked, chain around his neck, super famous hot wife laying on his chest, super tired, announces he's signed an extension with Seattle, making him the highest played, paid, uh, I almost said laid, uh, player <laughs> in the NFL at $35 million a year. So it's good for him. We all celebrate in different ways. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean... I I was married to Sierra. I'd celebrate in bed too. Yep. I'm not married to Sierra and I'd still like to celebrate in bed. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime you want. Anytime. Celebration, I'm there. All right. Let's go, Rick James. Uh so that doesn't really move the dynasty needle. I mean he's just an awesome quarterback that got paid. It's just every quarterback's gonna get paid going uh, forward. Every you know, every quarterback that gets paid next that's one of these elite quarterbacks just breaks the bank and breaks breaks the ceiling off. No, the, I mean, it's a lot of money to hand the ball off, so that's good for them. Yeah, that'll, it's going to work out well. <laughs> Tyler Lockett, babe. <laughs> Go deep. David Moore. Um, doesn't move anything. Another big news here is Adam Thielen signs an extension. He's locked into like 2023 now, averaging about $16 million a year. 
this 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 intrigues me. I because just I was just on like another podcast. I think I was on DHH uh, Dynasty Happy Hour podcast. Brought this up actually. Uh, I was on there this week. That I thought Adam before he signed Adam Thien was a nice sell high, and part of that was like I didn't know they were going to resign him. They did. That's great. Adam Thielen's terrific, mm-hmm. right? But I'm still just worried slightly that when Stefanski took over, you know, his target share went from about 25% to about 13%, and Diggs took an uptick. And I still think Diggs is the best talented wide receiver in that roster. Like, I think Elon's, Thielen's really good tactician. I think he's a really good wide receiver. Um, but Diggs is the play for me there. And I, and I am worried about, you know, Stefanski taking over there. And not only that – I think Dalvin Cook really cements himself. This this is the year that he cements himself as a high end dynasty asset. Uh, so to me, you know, if you told me, hey, in order, pick pick the players you want off of Minnesota for your dynasty team. In order, it'd go Diggs, Cook, and then Thielen. Okay. What are your thoughts on that, Adam Thielen, fellas? Um, I mean, at this point, I think I, I think I would have Thielen second. Okay, behind. Behind, behind, uh, Diggs, Diggs, yeah, over Cook, then, right? yeah, I think okay. so. Just long, yeah, I think I'd have Cook first, okay, that's fair. I think, I think all those are fair, both what you're all around the same range, yeah. I mean, they're all, they're all great assets. It's just, you know, if you see sometimes you say sell high on a, on a player, I'm not saying sell high, I don't say sell feeling because, uh, I think he's a bad player, or I don't think he's gonna just implode anytime soon either. I think he's truly hit peak value of and if you're okay with that like i think it's gonna it potentially dip. even like the end of last year like it dipped a little bit but a lot i have to do is to fancy his offense so if they do cement Diggs as their number one receiver uh obviously you have two receivers out there number ones cousins worries me a little bit too i just think like for Thielen, this this contract might get you something plus like a good receiver plus essentially it, it's definitely not a bad time to sell, uh, to sell on the guy, yeah. But I mean, if you were selling, if you were selling, right? Yeah. Don't just go out and sell just because, hey, you know, it, you know, just because he got signed, don't just sell. Yeah, he but. doesn't. He doesn't fall in the category of just yeah, Joe, sell him because he's time to get out. It's sure. just you know, if you were looking to like build Some, on the team, something we were talking about, you know, before this podcast started was was when to sell these kind of guys, and and the t- the time has to be right. You know what I mean? It's not like if if. If you're if you're on the upswing or if you're contending, there's no reason to sell a guy like Adam Thielen. No, we always preach that every yep. every year we do a show on called "Don't Be Stuck in the Middle." Mm-hmm. The, don't worry, it's coming to you. Uh, in about what July, we'll do "Don't Be Stuck in the Middle." Sure, worst place in Dynasty to yep. be stuck in the middle. You're just donating your money. Yes, you worst are. place. Um, and then Chris Hogan signs with the Carolina Panthers. Which is good. I think it's really good for Hogan um, for what he does. You know, a nice vertical, big, deep threat. Like we talked about this, I think a couple of episodes ago. Like the Panthers got two smaller receivers. Like who's yeah. in, who are they drafted to be that big weapon out there? Has, uh, all right. Hogan. I'm not that excited about it, to be honest. I mean, I, I think he does. You know, Cam's going to want to push push the ball downfield, and I think that's what he does. But I, I still don't think he's good enough. I, I, I guess is the way to say it too to really merit like much fantasy value. Or, oh no, he's yeah. a he's a bi-week filling guy. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, out of the landing spots, it's a good it's a good. Yeah, I'm not going here. Oh, go trade for Chris Hogan now. This is great. I just I still think it's going to be Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Ian Thomas, uh and Chris McCaffrey. Those are where the targets are going. Right. But I mean, if you're looking for 
you know, a flex play injury and you got to get somebody out there for a week, you're hoping he has a 60-yard touchdown. I was going to say, he's going to be an occasional deep deep ball catching guy that's going to, you know, have, have big weeks and, and crash and burn other weeks. Correct. Yeah. No, I think uh, the cool part is this helps the the Samuel and the the DJ Moore owners because this is not a guy that's a threat to their target share. It's just going to help fill out the offense, take a little little bit of attention away, but it's it's no threat to their established roles. No, it opened up more stuff underneath for him, if anything. Yep. So it's yeah, yep. it's like and again, I like Curtis Samuel a ton. I talking about buys in Dynasty. Yeah. I think Curtis Samuel is a fantastic buy in Dynasty. I think His he's price somebody is so low. It's so low, like Han. So for me, it's somebody <laughs> I really. I've gone out and bought him in multiple leagues. I got him for second. I got I got I got him for a twenty twenty second in multiple leagues. And a lot of people saw that, and some people said, "Hey, that's you can over twenty twenty second for Samuel." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, go look at his numbers. Like they're pretty legit. Like he's a weapon." Uh, if he was on a different team, it might be more dangerous. But if all the coverage I think it moves to DJ Moore for guys that put up two similar numbers, I think Curtis Samuel could be a very good possible high end wide receiver three, which is. The kind of player I like to have on my dynasty roster in the third wide receiver slot. You guys ready to rock and roll? Let's rock Let's and this. roll, man. Let's get to these wide receivers. I just feel like the energy in this room right now is just so. I don't we wasted know. it all in the beginning. We really did. We did have a good hour conversation about <laughs> movies, work, life, death, children, almost children, drinking problems. Just talking about my weekend pretty just much. Just talking about your weekend. Was, just talking about my weekend. Um, that so was Friday night for Rick. <laughs> I almost died. Uh, let's get into some of these rookie receivers now. Let's kick it off with uh, Debo Samuel. South Carolina, 5'11", 214 pounds, ran a 4'4", 840, 7.033 cone, a 4.14 uh, 20. His real name is Tyshawn. It's not Debo. He got the nickname from Debo from the movie Friday because he is a tough mo foe. Uh, he plays aggressive. Mm-hmm. He's a guy when he gets the ball in his hands, he becomes a running back. He is a physical receiver. He's amazing off the line. If we saw him, I mean, at the senior bowl, I mean, five yards in, I mean, he was destroying defensive backs off the line. He was just killing it. Um, Strong, aggressive, really good body control. Can high point the football really well for a guy that's five foot eleven. Um, pretty quick on those uh, quick slants. Really good football speed. Like, oh yeah, tremendous. Can get he can get to the edge really nice uh, on all formats. He actually ran the ball a couple times. They gave him a couple of handoffs too. Oh yeah, they used him on end rounds, wide receiver screens, and and what I liked about the guy the most is he just. Basically, anytime he got the ball in his hands, it it turned almost into a punt return type of situation for him. Like he like he's setting up blocks really well. He's bobbing, weaving, and, and and can turn any play into a big play. Basically, so that, that's what I saw when when I saw you know when I was watching the tape or whatever. So just a just a natural natural one of those one of the guys that you, you you know you throw the ball to him he turns it into a running back like you said yeah i love that about his game how when he gets that ball in his hand he can lower his shoulder not afraid of contact and i gotta say after watching his tape in depth and i got about seven games in on Debo, i think i like him a ton like he, he like the miles sanders effect like he what the way mm-hmm. i want to move him on my rankings and I know this is going to sound crazy to most people, but I literally, I feel like when I was done, I was like, I think I like him as much as I like A.J. Brown. 
Whew. And that's like that's a, a tier. And that's like a tear for me. Because again, I already said it last week how I feel about AJ Brown. Like mm-hmm. I think he's a safe player. I'm somewhat worried about his ceiling. Like Debo Samuel, you know, he's got a six point three percent drop rate, which isn't terrible. So he's got he's got good hands there. Yeah. Um his ceiling for me, I to me it's really important where he's gonna land. Like where is he gonna be? Can he be somebody that they're gonna push the ball to him? Like is he gonna get some action? I love that there's no there's no real red flags in his game. There's nothing that you look at and you're like, ooh, that's that's something we need to make sure we watch out for. There's, health. Yeah, is health is flag. the only thing. He, game, he, broke his, he broke his fibula in, in 2017. But, and they um, have back-to-back hamstring issues in 15 and 16. So his right. only healthy year was technically 2018. Right. So, I mean, you, you, could, you could say that is a red flag. But as far as on the field, there is nothing that concerns me. He might be, of all the guys I, I've watched, and I've read a couple of the people that, that feel similar, he might be the best route runner in this class as well, which is which is saying a lot because there's some good route runners, some good technicians in this class. Uh, the run after the catch, he's, he's able to be a return man. I mean, the, the, the total package is there. I've seen some Golden Tate comps, and I don't, I don't hate him. I don't hate that either. That's a really good comp. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about that, but like the way he is with the ball in his hand, that is a really – Really he's, good. He's comp. he's a much thicker guy though. He's, he's he you is know, thicker. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'll he'll be a Newton John with you, and he'll get a physical. Yeah, he's he's got probably about fifteen yards on him, and he fights for extra yards, and is a tough guy to bring down. I'm telling you guys, lo- like yeah. like him a lot. Like if I get if all my dynasty leagues, if I don't get a single Debo share, like I'm gonna come away upset. Like I I certainly right now would have him, you know, dependent. I mean, it's gonna be hard. It's just hard with Hawkinson. You know what I mean? Like, Hawkinson, to me, really mixes up. Because I'm totally okay with taking Hawkinson as high as three. Like, I really am. Um, depending on position and need here. And we always say best available, but I'm telling – like, I like Kelvin Harmon. Right? So, I said last week, Kelvin Harmon and A.J. Brown are pretty equal to me in my eyes. Like, right. I thought them as two like, same players. Like, I'm I'm willing to throw Debo Samuel into that tier. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to throw that in there. Like, I had it – for me personally, where I had it the – you know, Hakeem Butler and Nikhil Harry. For me personally, then I had it AJ Brown and I had it uh, Kelvin Harmon. I'm throwing Debo Samuel into that tier. Like he's into my second tier of receivers. Out of all these guys I watched, he's the guy I came away with. Like, yeah, he's gonna be good. Like, yeah. as long as he doesn't go somewhere really stupid and he could be somewhere like a focal point of offense, like he could be really, really good. Like that the Golden good- Tate. If he even goes to Detroit in this, oh, he'd be great. Detroit would be offset Kenny Galladay. He could fall right into that. Uh, that role of Golden Tate and yep. see the, all those targets, like he would dominate. Yeah. there. And the nice part is he's not limited to just the slot or the outside. He can do he can do all of that. Yeah. And so he's I, I this might be a big jump, but he's almost landing spot proof in that sense of like there's nothing that's going to be terrible unless he lands up in Baltimore. But that's what it's, it's target sure. I think everyone that lands in Baltimore. <laughs> Anyone that ends in Baltimore. Well, somebody made a point to me like, well, wouldn't Nikhil Harry be like his ultimate spot be Baltimore? Because the way he does so many of those short bubble screens and like, the, like that would set up for Lamar. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That would probably like for him, it wouldn't be that bad. Um, maybe even somebody like Debo, Debo wouldn't be terrible either. Um, I was thinking more about like land spot. Like he's just. You know, he's the third option. Oh, he's like, buried I, on a death chart. Yeah, you know, like so if he went to uh Atlanta, for example, you know, it's right. like, okay, you got you, you got Calvin really there, you got Julio, right. you got Sinu. Austin Hooper, you got you know, it's like I want to see somewhere where he could slide in and almost immediately be that number two guy. Again, like, we mentioned this team earlier a couple of weeks ago, like anybody that goes to New England, like you're gonna be like ecstatic about San Francisco, you're gonna be ecstatic about Jimmy Garoppolo is quick Jimmy Garoppolo gets the ball out just about as quick as anybody in the NFL. So somewhere like there for the guy like Debo Samuel. That'd be terrific. And like you said, he could do it all. Like yeah. he he can run the outside. 
his slants, the way he gets into those so quickly, it's nice. And if if you're going to press him, if you're in the red zone and you're going to press him, he's going to he's going to get you. Like yeah. not, obviously in the NFL it's a different level, but he's going to get you. Again, we saw at the senior bowl versus the best that they had the seniors, he was destroying that. Like Every single snap. Like, I mean, he looked it, it, terrific. Yeah, it was him and Terry McLaurin were, like, the talk of the town there. Yep. And when you watch his tape, Debo, there's one play per game that you watch. And you go, damn, I like him. Mm-hmm. Like, there it is. Like, there it is. There it is. Like, at, there, every game I watched, is like, give me some more. Like, he fell in that category. Like, you know, I, like I told you, like, Hakeem Butler, I had to watch 10 games. Like, I couldn't stop. Yeah. I, want to, I want to be right. Debo, you know, we're listening to the game. a lot more guys, so I couldn't keep going 10 games. But, like... I watched more tape on Debo than any other guy we're talking about tonight because I couldn't stop. I just want to watch a little bit more. Like, okay, is he really that good? Can you do this every game? Can he? Can you do this? Can you do that? And he was showing it all on the tape. He's just he's an explosive playmaker in a PPR league that's gonna score points. To me, he seems like one of those really nice, safe, double-digit point games. Yep. He's like he, that comp of Golden Tate to me is terrific. Where he can fit. He could finish a year as a really low-end wide receiver one on a good year just because of how many, like, you know. Every, how many catches he gets. Here he is. 90 footballs for 1,100 yards. Yep. You know, and he does it for five years straight. And you're like, damn, he's he's solid. That That's Debo Samuel. I love Garrett. I love that Golden Tate comp, you know. And like Matt said, he's even a little bit thicker and more physical than that. But he's that good with the ball in his hands. I like Debo Samuel a lot. I'm I'm sliding him right up into there. For me personally, at the Dynasty Rich ranks, he's right in there around six, seven for me. Yeah. If you say DK Metcalf or Debo, it's not even Debo close for me. I'm going Debo um, as well. Yep. Everybody we talked about last week, like he's above those guys. Not everybody, you know, on the back end, it's like Paris Campbell. Like he's above Paris Campbell for me. Um, he's above DK Metcalf. Okay, that's about it. But he's <laughs> that's right. about it. But how I said before, he's like top I, five. Yeah, like but if he said like last week I was like, Oh, if I had that pick and I had to flip flop and then AJ Brown and Kelvin Harmon was on the board, like I'd love to flip flop every other league. Same thing about he Akeem Butler and Nikhil Harry. Well now I'd like to throw it in there with Debo and flip flop it. Like the next if, part is you might it, not have to though. A lot of these mocks that I'm seeing, he's late first round. Oh yeah, I see that. Like and so that's the nice part is you you can Hey, I'll trade back up into the one nine spot and grab him. I'll trade up to the one eleven and grab him. Like a lot of, and he'll be there. Oh, he'll be there. Yeah, I kind, of, I kind of feel like he's settling into like a um, Anthony Miller from last year range, which was like end of the first round, top of the second round, depending on how the draft goes. You're right, two one, one eleven, yep. one ten, right mm-hmm. around there. That's that's where I'll probably slide. None, n- none of that for me. Like if I have any picks, that's where I feel good about. Like any pick I have, like seven, eight, nine range, I feel like I'm gonna get some Debo shares because mm-hmm. I'm taking them over the running backs. Uh, besides Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs, uh, we'll see what happens to David Montgomery. But like, and if I put, depend on me, like I'm gonna have a Debo share for sure because I love him and I like that how the Anthony Miller rise that you said. You know, like the kind of solid possession. You know, good receiver that can run the routes. That was Debo for me. Right. Um, I, I can't stress enough how impressed I was on his tape, and it wasn't like every single game I watched, I came away like. This dude is an NFL yep. Sunday player, hands down, and not like a bench guy, somebody that's going to get in there and he's going to help an NFL team on a week-to-week basis. And more importantly to me, again, for the whole reason how I judge these guys, there's somebody like later who I think is a good football player, but I just don't think he's a good fantasy player. I think Debo Samuel is a fantastic fantasy football player. PPR he's a, Yeah, he's the guy that I want on every one of my dynasty rosters, I'm compared to some other guys we're going to talk about later. Um 
Next on the list, let's talk about Terry McLaurin. Matt, tell us about Terry McLaurin. So Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, Ohio State, um, six foot, two hundred eight pounds, ran a four point three five in the forty. Twenty yard was four point one five, and he had a seven point oh one in the three cone. So this guy, not only is he straight line fast, he is quick in and out of breaks, and he was a lot. He was <clears throat> a wide receiver that lined up most of the time on the outside for the Buckeyes. Um, he did see a little bit of work in the slot. Um, but he was a guy that I, I like when I saw the tape, he was a guy that was hard to jam at the line of scrimmage. Um, and he used most, most of the time he used his route running ability and speed to get off the line and Debo comp like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and once he got the ball in his hands, he, he was able to fight for extra yardage also. I, I don't see him exactly the same as Debo in that, in that respect. Um, I, I do think Debo is probably a little bit uh, tougher and more physical of a player, but he also, he also was able to just to, to, you know, struggle for some extra yards but this guy's game you know especially at ohio state was to take the top off the defense you know and to get long that was that was his his big thing um so i mean the guy averaged 20 yards per catch this past season uh to go along with 11 touchdowns so he was a big play guy i mean he only had 701 yards but but they spread you know they spread the ball around quite a bit there at ohio state so very solid hands. I, you know, I, I did hear the one story coming out of the combine that, you know, he showed up at Ohio State and, and Urban Meyer basically told him, you know, you got to work on your hands to basically to earn a scholarship. And he went out and he, and he was getting like 100 balls thrown to him every single day. He worked the drugs machine and the drugs every machine single day. Came back and, and, you know, the issue had been resolved and he earned himself a scholarship. So this is a guy that's really had to earn it all the way through, which is another thing I really liked about him. Yeah, he's somebody to me that, again, he really made a name for himself at the Senior Bowl. Because mm-hmm. at Ohio State, just like Michael Thomas did it uh, before him, his tape and his numbers weren't exemplary. They didn't knock your socks off, you know. Really dominated on special teams right there, which is going to really help his draft status. To me, he's got really good size at six foot, 208 pounds. Let's him be a little bit more physical with the ball in his hands, like you said, Matt, like he did show some of that. He will fight for those extra yards. He wasn't like... You know, like Riley Ridley is easy to take down for his size. Sure. Where McLaren was, you know, he would fight for it. Um, so I like that. Like you said, his speeds, his speeds unmatched. You know, four three five outside. He's got he's got the the deep speed, but he. I mean, that wasn't all that he did though. He ran routes. Yeah, like he ran he definitely like, ran routes. I, I came didn't, away I didn't, with his route. Like yeah. impressed with some of his routes because again, there's not a lot of tape. Like his stats aren't overly. They're not going to knock your socks well, off. Well, that's but, the thing. I think they used him downfield a lot more at Ohio state. But once he got to the senior bowl, he got to really show off all the routes that he could run. And that, that was the biggest thing coming out of that whole week was his ability to run routes and separate. And that's what really put on Matt. Cause even somebody who watched every Ohio state game, like I didn't come away going, Oh, Terry McLaurin's like next level going to be beast, you know? And then when I saw that he did the senior bowl, I'm like, well, let me go back. Let me like really dig in it. And when you, so when you go back and you would have saw, I guess, watching tape, but even watch the tape, like some of the things you see is like when he, deadline on the side on the outside the way he would adjust to the football the way he would track that football and like he would turn on that ball and keep moving backwards and adjust to it and position himself well he did a lot of really nice things he did a lot of things that made himself look like a professional Mm -hmm. wide receiver he's somebody in my eyes that could be a really good number two wide receiver he's gonna play he's gonna play a lot because of his special teams same thing. Where does he land? Mm-hmm. What scheme is he going to be in? 
that is going to be a very dependent, you know, like his, his value is going to be big time dependent, I think, on landing spot. Big time dependent. Because if they use him the sim, in a similar fashion that they use him at Ohio State, he doesn't have a ton of value, you know what I mean? He's just going to be a guy taking the lid off and and making big plays, and that's going to be very up and down and not very easy to rely on. Yeah, if you use him as your third receiver, he's an outside receiver, to take the top off defenses then, yeah, he's not going to be overly fantasy relevant, but he'll be a good and he'll be a player that helps his NFL team. If he's your number two receiver in the right system, he's he could be very fantasy uh, reliable. Right. Yeah. Yep. I, I came away a little less enthused than you guys. Uh, it wasn't that I didn't like him. Um, there was a lot of things, like you said, the the speed, uh, the technician as a route runner. Uh, some of those things I think looked really good. He was the darling of the Senior Bowl. Uh, to me. He didn't seem overly elusive um, for a guy with with that kind of speed. I kind of expected a little bit of more more wiggle in his game than he has. Doesn't have a lot of that. Um, he's not going to make the spectacular catch very often. Uh, his hands are fine, um, but but some of those like highlight real catches he's not, not going to make. Um, so I mean he's he, he's a good player, and I agree um, that that I think he'll make an NFL team very happy. Uh, I'm not. He's a he's a mid second round guy for me probably, um, but but I think he's a fine player. I think where he, I think after going through the tape because McLaurin's somebody who we've been talking about on this podcast forever. Like I'm like oh I I'd rather have DK Metcalf than McLaurin. Like I agree with your take. Like right now in a bubble, yeah he's like mid range second round like two five right around there. Mm-hmm. But the potential to move up significantly if in the right landing spot up to that like sure. one eleven. 110 range in the right spot. Yeah, if he ends up in Indy or something like that, you know. Exactly. Indianapolis, New England. The teams we keep mentioning, that would be a, a good land spot. Like, that's where, where he can get a bump. Otherwise, he could be like a, a Nelson Algalore, you know. Um, there's there's a year there's yeah. a good year for him. Uh, but for the meantime, you're like a wide receiver four when it comes to fantasy relevance. Like, he's got to be relevant on his team to be relevant for your dynasty team. Like, he's not, he's not overcoming – come in that aspect like you said like he's not going out there and make that acrobatic catch right but he's going to catch the football and he's going to be he's going to get open do it fast yeah and he gets off the line well again i like i like i think i think with some good coaching and if he can take what he did from the senior bowl i think he'll be able to create from for himself and if he can do that then he'll be he'll be viable so i think he's a nice upside player I, I I have come back a little bit on him from where I've been like pushing him hard. I'm willing to step back now a little bit on that and be in that range of right around two five two four. Other guys bump up too. And again, we'll do our final rankings after the NFL draft. I definitely don't see him slipping from that range. I can only see him rise. But I think he's a nice, solid player, good depth player for your dynasty team to have on there. With definitely. You know, an injury here and there, he could be somebody viable if he is that third guy. Uh, so I'm excited about him. Like Matt said, his work ethic alone, I like guys like that. I like guys that like football and want to be great. And that's what I take away from Terry McLaurin. Definitely. Uh, let's move on to the next player, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Uh, Garrett, tell us a little bit about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside out of Stanford. I don't, know if you can, I don't know if you can pick that up. I'm literally pounding the table uh, in here. I... You break it, you buy it. Love him. Love him, love him, love him. Uh, I am probably going to be the highest guy uh, 
in in most of the fantasy circles on our Sega White side. I'll smoke weed before I'll, we do the podcast. I bet you you would Panama Red. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I I love JJR Sega White side six two. Uh, 225 uh, had a little bit of a disappointing 40 at the combine, but came back at his pro day and ran a 4.49 uh, 40, which at that size is incredible. Also ran a 7.03 uh, three cone drill. There's a lot to like here. If you like getting touchdowns, which I do, I like getting touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If you like getting touchdowns, this guy's going to be your guy. Um, the His ability to be able to box out mm. uh, a defender uh he, he he comes from a basketball background with his with his parents they were they were stars um in i think spain. his dad played in spain yeah they both played in spain uh, yeah and then i think his mom was at appalachian state as a starter for a while they, or something they like both, that they both played professionally in spain okay. that's how they met his parents okay. met in spain and that's where he was born actually yeah uh in hmm. spain so genes are a hell of a thing for him, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be he he's gonna do great with a lot of that kind of stuff. One of the things that I saw a lot from him, and we don't talk about this a lot, um, but especially when you have those jump ball situations, he did an incredible job with having late hands. So what I mean by that is when the defender's closing in, they're looking at you to try to come and, and, and anticipate when the ball is coming. And he would wait till the last possible moment and stick those hands up. And he has long arms, big physical, um, and, and he just does a great job with that. Um, really he good. Does, he does a really good job. I have one thing underlined in my notes for our Sega Whiteside, and it is the way he high points the ball. And it's exactly – when you say a guy high points the ball, it's a literally – if you, okay, if you say a guy high points the ball well, it's exactly what Garrett just said. It's his timing. So if you mention the word timing or the way he high points it, it's like Garrett says. Like He does that so well. He times it and hits that spot perfectly. Go on. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I could. I could go on all day. I know Pro Football Focus ranked him as the, the number three overall wide receiver um, in the class. I mean, there there's a lot to like here. I know that there's a lot of people that are worried about um, some of his game speed and things like that. Um, I I didn't see a lot of that. I thought, yes, he's he's bigger, um, but but I think he moved very agilely for for a guy his size, ran good routes. Uh, I see a lot of Vincent Jackson in his game, um, and so that would be probably my comp for uh, for a sake of Whiteside. Yeah, he's a really. I see him as a really good, solid possession receiver. Um, I know Matt, you had you you were talking about like Nikhil before about the way he danced off the line. I saw a little bit of that with JJ. Um, the way he, like, I thought he got off the line better actually than Nikhil Harry did. See, I, I, I saw honest. a little of that little dancing uh, behind the line there. Again, going to it, like if you if you if you read a lot of stuff about him, his, his biggest question mark. A lot of people questioned him was his speed. Like, oh, what's his speed? What's his 4. speed? Four point four nine. That'll answer. Speeds that. himself. Yeah, well. And this is a guy in the open field, like Garrett said, it could be a red zone monster. Yeah, that's I, what, mean, I mean that's what I see this guy as. I mean, he literally. He was posting people up, like he. I mean, in the end zone, he just get there and like literally throw his butt into the guy and like back him up and like just throw me the ball. Like the guy had not, they had no, no shot. You know what I mean? No. It'll be a little tougher in the NFL. It will be a little like bit. That. It will be a little bit tougher. Um, you don't have time to scoot that much, but yeah, I mean, he tracks the ball, tracks the very ball really well. well. Position so again, what I have under here, he times the ball so well. Yep. And his high points, it's so well with that size. It's like it's the my ball mentality, man, that you you love in the wide receivers. They go up, and and that's their ball. They're getting it. You know what I mean? But and, he and needs so for him, it does take timing and stuff as well. But it has it, it takes a, a want as well. Yeah. He's so it. he's somebody that's gonna need to get on a team with a good, accurate quarterback that he could build a rapport with. Yeah. So he's somebody for me like 
I can see the upside for him, kind of like the Vincent Jackson take that you sent. Like he had a, you know, Vincent Jackson came out of North Dakota State. Like it took right. time for him and Philip Rivers to develop because I mean I was huge on Vincent Jackson when he came out. Like he's one, like he. That's right when I started watching a lot of tape. When I came away, I remember. I mean I don't know if you remember. Like I went to Matt. I was like, there's this guy at North Dakota State named Vincent mm-hmm. Jackson. Like he's gonna be a monster. And then he gets drafted in the second round by the Chargers. I'm like, look at him get drafted yep. in the second round. I'm right. You know, um, for me. He, I, I see a lot of good like long term play in our Sega White side. Like I would, he's a player like I would love to. Like he, I always have those certain players like I like to circle down and like okay, twenty twenty draft comes around. Some people are gonna get real excited about these pick. Like can I get like who drafts him and how do I get him off their roster going into twenty twenty? Yeah, right. Um, I think he could be. Depending on what team he could he could be fantasy sufficient right away because of his red zone ability, but I think he giving him some time two three years I think he could be that like Vincent Jackson you know good high end mostly you know the t- red zone production yeah. area but high end wide receiver two mid range wide receiver two hold that value for three four years and then yep. kind of like slowly diminish away because um, I can see the weight you know with his size he's the kind of player. Yeah. If you go by odds in history, he's the kind of player like you know he eventually does slow down a little sure. bit. That speed does come sure. back a little bit. He, kind of what happened to Des Bryant. Yeah, and like he's, some of those he's guys. strictly yeah. a red zone possession guy, sure, um, like that. But for that year, that range, that th- that say three four year range, something that you could really really utilize in a roster. I like him a lot too. I came away from this tape saying, okay, this is a guy first round grade. Lock him in, right. Right when you get the next tier after like the Debo Samuel tier, yep. like put him at the top of it. Like he's somebody again. I love to get some shares of to put him in front of the running backs. Put him right up there. I mean, for me, he's right up there with like Noah Fant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Noah Fant's gonna drop a ton of footballs, then I'm gonna take. You know, he's a gamble. You know, I like Fant a lot. He's gonna be with those nice speed tight ends, but he's gonna he's got some question marks about his hands. So. To me, save it for next week's show. I'm just doing a little <laughs> teaser. It's like, dude, I'm pulling the, my shirt down over my shoulder. Give me a little skin here. Good Lord. <laughs> I don't want to see your collarbone, sir. Why the table move? <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. I, so who's excited now? My lips say no, but my body, <laughs> my body bada says boom, otherwise. Bing. Uh, yeah, I like I like his tape, Matt. Where did you come away like overall after what you if you got done watching tape on our Sega Whiteside? I, I was pleasantly surprised, um, you know, and, and and I thought much higher of him after watching the tape than I did beforehand because there was there was the narrative out there that he was that he was a bit slow, and I, I just didn't I didn't really see that on tape. Uh, so so it's one of those things that he did things, especially the high pointing the ball and like natural hands catching type of thing, much better than I thought he was going to. And, and God bless you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, I'm just dabbing. Yeah, you are. So, so I came away impressed. I think he's going to be one of those guys that that's viable there at the back end of the first round for me. As a rough, as, as I say, that's what we're going to next. Like as a rough draft, like back end first round, like ten, eleven. Garrett, so. you moved up to number six. You said overall? he's my, he's my yeah. He was six overall, number four receiver. So yeah, he'll be he'll be a mid round pick for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you would take him over Hawkinson? Uh, I had, if I remember right, I had Hawkinson at. Oh no no no! I had Hawkinson one after. So yeah, I would, after? T- I would take him. I would okay. take him above Hawkinson. Right. Yeah, he's he's an intriguing player. There's a lot of intriguing wide receivers here. Yeah, that we're talking about. He's he's in a range, you know, and I, and I'm David Montgomery might be in that similar range for me as well. You yeah, know what I mean? Me. That's where that's where they're kind of that's where 
Let's see what the NFL draft puts NFL them up. draft and, and need for whatever team I'm drafting at that particular time might dictate which one of those guys I end up picking. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, it's a funny tier after some of these guys we're talking about. Like, so, after I, so many so, different positions. So if I bump Tebow, Debo up, right, in that Kelvin Har- Harmon tier, and I already have Hawkinson up there too, yeah. yep. you know, so it gets me to six right around there, like the six, seven guys. That next tier is really fu- – like, it's very that next fluid. gets real very, fuzzy for mm-hmm. me, you know, like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, David Montgomery, Noah Fant, uh – there's a couple other guys we're going to talk about. Even, you know, it depends on land spot. Some, somebody's going to get a boost uh, yep. when it comes to land spot. Definitely a running back, for sure. And some and some receiver is going to get drafted in a spot where you're like, okay, hey. That's, yeah. that's a, you're getting bumped down. Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Who, why, wow. Whoa. Hey, Indy's, Indy took Miles Boykin. Hello. Boing. <laughs> um, let's move into these next guys here. Third uh, Next year of running back or receivers here. Let's start off with Andy Isabella. Out of Massachusetts, local guy went to Mayfield. Yes, he uh, did. Just a couple cities over from Mayfield, us here. Ohio. Five foot nine, one hundred and eighty-eight pounds. So he's not a big kid at all. But let's listen to some of these numbers. Ran a four-three-one-forty, tied with uh, Paris for the fastest forty time in the combine this year. So fast. ran a six-four. Is that six nine five? Six point nine five on yeah, the three six, cone. Yep. I can't read my own handwriting. That's okay. Six point nine five three cone, which is terrific. Uh, four point one five short shuttle, pretty good. He's somebody that led FBS with 141.5 receptions per game. Receiving yards. I was going to say, holy <laughs> <Per game>. crap. <laughs> I can't read my own right. Uh, finished the year, we'll which plays. is good for 1,698 yards, 102 receptions, and 13 touchdowns. And even though he's five foot nine, 108 pounds, like despite, despite like the next receiver we're going to talk about that's smaller, he played pretty tough. Like he plays tough. For his being a small receiver, ran um, and I think that comes away like he was a former high school running back. So he, I think he that, actually played running back the first year there at Massachusetts as well. He wanted to play some running back, yeah. which is which probably explains why when he gets the ball in his hand, he's not afraid to lower his shoulders and get into people. Because then when I started watching, I'm like, wow, dude, look at you, man. He's look not. He's also not afraid to get dirty, you know, blocking in the running game, which I think probably goes back to his days as a running back as well. Just wanting to chip in as much as possible. He had 11 carries for 79 yards and a touchdown. So they did give him the rock. That's good for 7.2 yards per carry. Um, extremely fast and quick. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he has both attributes there. It, it's it. That's very rare. Also, a lot of times it's one or the other. You know what I mean? So that, that. <clears throat> really good double move uh, ran pretty good routes uh, coming out of Massachusetts. Worked really well on the outside um, to get open. Like he got open a lot. And that double move, that little double move he has was real nice. Short game's good uh, as well. That's where the quickness comes in effect there. Um, he can be bumped off his routes, but that's kind of typical for a guy of his size. He can yeah. be bumped up off his routes. And if you're going to question him because of being so small and a guy who doesn't actually jump very well either, like he's not somebody go like we mentioned before, you know, he's not somebody that's going to go up there and get the football. Right. That's not, that's not his game at all. Uh, the only thing that my biggest question about with him is going to be if he bumped off his routes like that and his size, and he can't really have really great jumping ability, he's going to need a really accurate quarterback. First of all, and then, how you know, how is he going to transition going from Massachusetts to the NFL for guys that are going to know they can bump him off his routes and bump him off the line? And, you know, what's that going to do? And what kind of quarterback is he be working with? Because he does he, – he had a lot of body catches too. Like he was he – He's not a hands catcher. He's not a hands catcher. So, like, his quarterback is going to be extremely important. Like, his landing spot will either make him relevant at all and make him, like, a second-round pick for me or – he can go down to like somebody I don't even want on my like a guy. It's like I don't even waste a roster spot in the sky because 
I just don't think this is going to work out for where he is. He's to me, he's a big hit and miss kind of guy. With like, he needs the ball in motion. You I was going to say the one thing that I didn't see was him get pressed much. So I think they're going to have to use it. They're going to have to use him, you know, in the slot, in motion, stuff like that. So he just so he's not getting jammed, like you said, he, get, he can get pushed off off his mark, you know, during his routes and stuff like that to get him open because he's got the quicks. You know, he can get open as long as he's not getting jammed at the line, which which I didn't see much on tape. He can get open quickly. He can also get open deep. I mean, the guy's the guy has long speed. He can get open, you know, down the field as well. So. It, it is going to be very dependent on where he lands and what kind of system they have and what kind of creativity the offensive coordinator has and how much they're willing to you know use the guy as a weapon. Really, yeah, I'm more because I'm only worried of like he's so athletically and fast that is that why he stands out altogether? And then is he the kind of player because we've seen these guys again come all through the NFL like the small receiver, super fast, you know dominates where they're at pretty much and as you know again that he dominated at massachusetts yeah, massachusetts but, but the the difference is though he did play a couple of like the legit sec schools georgia and, georgia and he he performed very well in those games when clearly they're keying in on this guy now some of that was in blowout time and whatnot but i liked his georgia i, I did i said yeah his georgia tape was nice mm-hmm. you know they played you i watched ucf, UCF. i watched boston college mississippi you know yeah. but yeah but I mean, there, it's it's not like he was only ever playing against like his conference yeah. and 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 that ilk. He's not John Brown at Pittsburgh State, right? Yeah, it's not that you know like that. But his size, you got to worry about size. Yep. No matter what, I mean, five foot nine is not like hey, end all be all, right there. But one hundred eighty pounds isn't glorious either. Uh, but for for five foot nine, one hundred eighty eight is not yeah a slight I, build or anything like that. There's there's somebody else that we're going to talk about later. That's that's much more. Oh yeah, he's just—he's gonna have to be a system fit. Yeah, is what he's I agree. Have to be and make sure he doesn't land into a bad spot. But the potential is there. That breakaway sure. potential is there for fantasy production. For sure, uh, he's on my radar. Definitely, I'd put him in my second round for sure right now. Uh, right around like after that, Terry McLaurin. For me personally, I you know he's right around like I could see Isabella going between two eight. 212 right around there because uh, I can see like bumping some guys like a, in, a, in the right spot like a a, a Fada or a, a Dawson Knox or you know some of these running backs kind of get a, a bump that we like even like an Alexander Madison mm-hmm. um, get a bump even Irv Smith Jr. is going to bump him down and I feel like the draft can easily push Isabella back towards the end of the second round. I agree. I I, th- I think he's very landing spot dependent. I have him as an early second right now uh-huh. uh, but but I could easily see him slipping into the third round, depending on where he goes and stuff like that. I don't see him with the opposite of some of the other guys we've talked about. I don't see him moving up much for I, me. You literally took out the words that were hanging on the tip of my tongue here. As soon as you get done talking, it's, again, he's a complete opposite of McLaren. Yeah. Where I can see McLaren getting a bump up, you know, because he does. He has that size and the way he plays physical, which is going to help him more. Like Isabella, where he is, like I said, like right around that two six to two twelve range, like. Yeah. To me, that's max value. Doesn't matter. Like he, he's not going to land anywhere that's going to move the needle up from me from there. Right. He has nowhere to go but down. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of right in the middle of both you guys. I think I think middle of the second round is where my value is at. So I think you know that's, that's the high end of your yours and probably the low end of yours. I'm kind mm-hmm. of I'm kind of right there. Okay. So. so I mean, we all feel right now comfortable like as a mid range second yep. rounder. Yep. No issue. So. Yep. Um, in a week in a, in a week class, you know. If this is 2020, he's a locked-in third round. Sure. Right? So 
let that be set too. Moving on. Moving on. Um, Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. Or Riley Ridley. I thought we were going Riley Ridley. All right, let's go Riley Ridley. uh, Riley Ridley, uh, wide receiver, Georgia. Guess who we're talking about next. Six foot one, (laughs) 199 pounds. He ran a 4.58 in the 40. Um, He had a 4.28 in the 20 yard and then 7.22 in the three cone, which is, you know, eh, it's okay. But that shows on tape. That does. Um, So this is a guy that, you know, mostly lined up outside, um, did line up some in the slot. Um, easily beats the jam I, I, you know, off the line with his quickness and route running ability. Looked like a natural hand catcher to me. His routes are, are really his best attribute in my opinion. But the problem with watching this guy is he led the team in receptions and receiving yards, 43 for 559 yards. I know. have 44 for 570. Okay, well, maybe I just, here, I'm here, off a little bit. Here, 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 let me just make it better for you, Matt. His career stats. Sure. 69 receptions for 1,015 yards and, and 13, 13 touchdowns. touchdowns. That's right. his career stats. That's over three years. So yeah. Not so, overly productive. So, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a hard thing to do. You know, you're, you're grinding through all this tape to watch three or four catches in a game. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so, wait till you get to me. I got a lot to say about this. So, so it, he is a bit hard to evaluate from that standpoint, but – from what I did see, I really did like the route running. I mean, I don't think he's quite on par with his brother, you know, from last year, which I think is pretty obvious. Which I can't believe you didn't lead off saying this is Calvin Ridley's little brother. This is Calvin Ridley's little brother. Excuse me. He was trying to have him make a name for himself. Exactly. You know? He's his own man. Get out there all on your own. So, um, <laughs> I'm nobody's little anything. <laughs> and that's, what that, that's how he would feel. So they, they're, they're pretty heated as far as their rivalry goes. But anyway... It, He's a, he's a good player. I think he, I think he's a mid mid second round pick for me right now as well. That's that's kind of where I have him landing, and, and I think he's one of these guys that's going to do better in the NFL than he did in Georgia's conservative run first offense. I saw a lot of takes like that. A lot of people, a lot of people came away predicting like I think this is a player that could do better in the NFL they did in college. Kind of like, I mean, it goes back to that Mike Thomas tape again. Sure. He didn't overproduce there. Um, again, he's Calvin John. Calvin Ridley's little brother. Calvin Johnson would be a different yeah. story. <laughs> like Matt said, he's a really good hands catcher. Like he grabs that football and he catches the ball well. Does run some pretty good routes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as good as his brother, but good routes. Uh, I think his vertical was a half inch lower than his brother, so he can go up there and get the ball too. I, I'm a little bit more – I came away more impressed than I thought I would be watching his tape. I will say that. I'm worried about like well, cause it's because you look at the production. You're like that can't I mean, he can't be that good, but it, but it's he led the damn he led the team with that production. You know what I my mean? My favorite thing, like you said, so he averaged like four yeah four targets a game. I found myself rewinding tape. I couldn't stop watching <laughs> DeAndre Swift, the, the running oh, he's back. So good, yeah, the running back. He's so, so good. when people say mention like hey, who's some of these 2020 running backs, yeah, DeAndre Swift's one of them. Yep. I was telling Matt before we got here, Garrett, I was telling him, I was like, dude, my biggest problem with watching Riley release tape is like, I'd rewind it because I want to watch another, another player. player. <laughs> like Swift would do something like, I got to watch that back. Yeah, like, he's good. So I literally have all my junior tape locked in on Andre Swift. And the dude is unbelievable. Big fan. Big but, fan. But but unfortunately, you're saying that overshadowed Riley Ridley, and and there wasn't much because there wasn't much to see. No, that's why I learned. I yeah. I, t- I took a lot away from his tape that DeAndre Swift is going to be possibly my. <laughs> that was one, your biggest takeaway. Yeah, my one one in the twenty class. Um, I'm somewhat like concerned about 
like Ridley's, will he be able to separate at the next level? Um, some of his, like he does run some good routes, but it's not like he doesn't have a lot of burst in those routes. Uh, he's somebody though that when I came away impressed with, he had really good body control, mm-hmm. really good hands. Um, got inside defenders pretty well too. Like he would really position himself pretty well. Um, and I think to offset his speed, like on some of those routes, like he would mix it up a little bit. Uh, and like how Jalen Hurd, who's young at receiver, would just mm-hmm. run like his routes full speed, like really would mix it up. And it yeah. would ha- and it, it helped it helped him get a separation. He he's deceptive. I, I, yeah, I came away impressed. Like okay, he's not overly fast, but he knows how to play he's receiver. Smart. He's a smart receiver. And I'm like, man, I was like, so he does position himself well too. Plays tough. Um, doesn't get a ton of catches. Doesn't have a lot of burst. Doesn't get off the line overly well. I didn't see that either. Like I was like, oh, eh. I didn't think he got caught up on the line. I just thought there's a there's there's a. But li- I think that's a lack of burst. I think that's what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. I mean that's there's no burst there at all. He he doesn't have a a third gear. We'll call it that. You know what I mean? He's got he's got one and two, but he doesn't have mm-hmm. that third gear to blow by guys. Like I'm not expecting him, like. A lot of times we ask, maybe on a third of the time, like the comeback routes, mm-hmm. right? Like, I didn't see him doing that overly well. Like, the stop, turn around, come back, like, in a fluid fashion, right? Like, again, his routes are good when you handpick some of them. You know, when you handpick what you want to do. Uh, to me, he just seems like a really nice player, right? Like, yeah. somebody that who could be a wide receiver three, but, like, I would never expect to be – a high end upside wide receiver one, sure. like, and that's why I got him in the middle of the second round, you know, not higher up. Obviously. I could see, I could see taking him higher though. Like, I could see him in a good spot. Like, to me, if he lands in a good spot, I could see bumping him up to like that two one two two range, like right or like high end first, like first round. Like, you know, you take away Josh Jacobs in the first, and then all these other receivers are gone, and Riley Ridley's there, and he's like on Miami, right? Which isn't which isn't great right now, right? But down the road, it could be a pretty good spot for a guy like Riley Ridley. They draft two or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I I came Jake away. Jake Fromm is quarterback. Yeah, there you go. That could happen. Oof. He's a good quarterback, too. I don't know. I didn't I like, like it. I didn't like him all that much on tape when I watched. Dude, nobody likes Fromm. I like Fromm. I like Fromm. Yeah, me too. Uh, like, I like him. Yeah. Like, he I just, saw him as a fresh, true freshman. I'm like, this kid's going to be good. He seemed, and like, he's he kind of seemed late on some he's throws. He's plateaued. And, he's young, Matt. He's a young man. He's know. growing. Yeah. He's barely hit puberty. Yeah. I don't know if his voice has dropped. <laughs> is that what drops? <laughs> <laughs> his voice dropped. <laughs> Matt, this is a PG-12 show. Right. Please. No, I was kind of hoping because I've, seen, I've seen some people that are like, you can't draft him. You can't touch him no matter what. You can't, like, Riley Ridley, like, stay away. I've seen that. And then I've seen other people are like, no, he's really, really good. And so I was really hoping to come in here and, like, be really strong on one of those. And I came in like, yeah, he's fine. Like, he's good. It's, it's such, a, like, a mediocre take to you. Like, oh, what do you think of Riley Ridley? Like, he's okay. Yeah. You know? He it, could play. It's because there's not enough to see there. Right. It's real hard to have a big-time opinion. I, I From the little bit I saw per game. I think he can run routes pretty well. I don't think he's as let, as let, as athletic as his brother, so that's I think a little bit of a knock and what people are really yeah. looking for. So when they don't see it, I, I think they drop him down their boards. And a he's a, he's a take what he gets kind of guy. So it's not like for again when it comes to fantasy football relevance, right? Again, this is we're trying to this is what we're really trying to break down here. Right. Like you know, some people want to break down tape 
and they want to give you like their overall NFL evaluation. Like that's not when I do watch tape, like I take that in effect, but like I try to do it and like what can I get out of this for my dynasty fantasy football team? That's it. Everything I analyze literally comes from that perspective and that perspective only. If you listen to our show over the years, you'll say that, hey, this guy's a good football player. Say the same thing about Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy's a good football player, but I don't think he's going to be a good fantasy football player. Like, I don't want him on my team. You know, John, like, these kind of receivers, some of these receivers, like, yeah, they're good football players. They're going to help their NFL team, but they're not going to help your fantasy team. I, I almost heard you say John Ross. He's getting a he's getting a fresh fresh, fresh start fresh start here with this new but, coaching you staff. Know, Ridley's not good, you know, after the catch. Like he's not going to get he's not he's not breaking one off after he catches the football. Like he's going to get the football very rarely. Yep. He's yep. going to get tackled. He's going to go right down. Where he caught it. So he's a good he's a get what you you know. So he's to me in NFL he's a sixty five catch eight hundred yard like receiver. Like that's like his like. That's where I see him at, like him, like him succeeding in the NFL. I see him as like a sixty-five catch, right. eight hundred yard receiver. Yes, he does well. Dude, those freaking guys are like a dime a dozen. You know what I mean? Like they come and go, they come in, like, and that's that's the thing with me. Like he's a. That's why I like him in the second round in this draft class because to me, like, is he a bad football player? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can he help an NFL team? Sure. He's a, he's a great wide receiver three out there to possession receiver who's going to go out there, run a good route. You throw the football, he's going to position himself well. He's going to catch the football. But he's not going to. He's you know he's not moving the chains. Uh, he's not going to. He's not going to take that five yard in route and turn it yeah. into a thirty yard. Game. I have him more in the third, only because in the second I want a little bit more of a ceiling, and there just wasn't enough ceiling for me to like put him in that range. So I have him in the third, but this most of the comments are the same. This class is weak enough where like okay, if he can establish himself as that sixty five catch eight hundred yard guy and be that like low end like on some days like potential like a flex out and Bi- have it like bi-week filling yeah, type of bottom the roster guy a guy who has a name where maybe he puts a couple like maybe an injury happens he puts like a three-week window together kind of like his brother did there early yeah. in the season he put a three-week monster window up i don't expect him to do that but he's the kind of guy like i wouldn't mind having my team because right now he's a name everybody knows his name he comes in he, he has good hands. He can run that good route so he can kind of get the ball. You know, he has a three-week window where he puts up, like, decent numbers and he finishes as, like, a low-end wide receiver, too. Everybody gets attracted to that youth and dynasty. Boom, I flip him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, he's somebody I wouldn't mind taking a second. Hopefully he puts something together so I can immediately flip him for that 2020 second. And you go, hey, dude, sure. I, took him, I took him in the second. Just give me your second in 2020. I'll give it to you. You're like, the upside's there. And hope somebody else gets attracted and sees a higher uh, peak to that ceiling than I do. So I would draft him mostly as, okay, how I said J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, this is a guy I want to have and try and tackle later. Really, I would draft because, okay, you know what? Like he, He's somewhat safe in what he is, and his ceiling's not there, but I feel like I could, this is a name I could flip if he does something. That's true. I didn't And if he doesn't, the and value. then if he doesn't, I miss out on it, then so yeah. what? In a weak class, I miss out on my second. Guess what? A yeah. lot of people are going to miss out on their second. Some people are going to miss out on their first. Almost everybody's going to miss out on their third. Sure. So for me, the gamble there, like I'm literally looking at the, hey, how do I turn this? You know, if I'm on a clock, hey, I'll give this somebody this pick for Riley Ridley. Just give me your 2020 second. Most people are going to be like, no, dude, I'm not giving my 2020 second. But here we are, week eight, week eight. And week seven, he put up eight catches for 95 yards and, and a his touchdown. his flex guy just got an injury. Exactly. And... Exactly. No. And I'm investing in him to invest in my future. Sure. That's how I view a guy like Riley. Ridley, I could personally. see that. I could you see I mean? that. I think for me, it's just there's a couple other. Dynasty, re- those dynasty glasses, man. Always, always be trading. I think there's a couple receivers that I just like more than him. The, the. Stanley Morgan juniors, the Greg Dorches, like yeah. some of those guys. And so I think part of that is what 
because I do think that there's some strength in this wide receiver class. So I think that's what's what's bumped him down. Yeah, but the problem with those guys is, for the most part, you know you're going to be able to get that most likely in the third round. Probably. Because even, even sometimes, like, I'll rank a guy, and I know, like, I have him here. But it doesn't mean I'm going to draft him there. Because sure. I'll, I'll take the game. You have to like, read the I'm, room. Yeah, you got to know the value, right? Just because you have somebody ranked really high, you just don't take them up there like to prove a point. You know what I mean? You don't right. do that to prove a point. Like, oh, I'm taking him here because this is my guy. You got to be smart about it. You know right. what I mean? And if somebody else takes him where he is, then you make a move. And like, if you love a guy like Matt, like DJ Shark last year, right? Matt would have no hesitation at the time. Like, if somebody took him a little bit higher in a second, hey, I'll give you my second this year, and I'll give you something next year for it. like. If you loved a guy like that, like you right. love, like let's just use an example, Stanley Morgan mm-hmm. Jr., right? And you're like, okay, I can't take him here in a second because I know he's going to be there in the third. And say you have pick 3-3. Three, three. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to be there for sure. And this, somehow that damn asshole in front of you took him at 3-2. Read my rankings on Twitter. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> yeah. to prove a point to you. Like, I know I know Garrett likes him. Well, I'm taking him here. You yeah. know what I mean? And you want him. You'd be able to get him. You know what I mean? Like, right. You'd be able to trade for that guy at any point and get him back on your roster. Yeah. You know, and if you loved him and you were confident in him, you would – you would be able to look what looks like an overpay. You know what I mean? Sure. You'd have no problem. Hey, dude, I'll give you my 20, 20 second, you yeah. know, for him. If you liked him that if much. I liked him so that much, yep. that's what I'm saying. You, you got to be somewhat cautious to that as well. Like, make sure you're not doing something to prove a point because nobody cares. Like, nobody cares, dude. Like, great, right, okay, you know. And then just what? So he pans out. You could, you still overdrafted him. It doesn't matter if it right. turned out well. Um, yeah, that's my, that's my rant. All right. Was that even a rant? I don't even know. It was more I'm, of a, like a, like a pep talk. Listen, I'm talk. I'm angry. <laughs> Get over it. I'm angry. Um, All right, last guy of the show. You ready? Yep. Yep. Marquise Brown, Oklahoma. Garrett. Yep. Tell us a little something, something about this little something, something. So yeah, little. Uh, five nine one sixty six. I think my left leg weighs one sixty six. Dude, and he's like, he's a true one sixty six, and he's not getting bigger. No. Like. There's no room to grow. Like no. he's not a million strong and growing. Uh, he's <laughs> he's he's uh, one sixty six. Go on. Uh, the interesting part is we we don't have his forty time, but it's almost irrelevant. We know he's stupid fast. He's fast. Like, we 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 can see that easily. The interesting thing is this is one of the DK Metcalf is a little bit this way too, but especially Marquise Brown. It's such a big gap between NFL draft community and fantasy football community because I'm seeing him constantly in mock drafts going in the first round of the real NFL draft, and I don't get it. Like, I don't understand why that's the case. Because he's super fast. I guess. He didn't catch the football. I guess, but I – He's a definition of what I was talking about earlier, a guy that helps your football. Helps your football team. This is a guy I was talking about, a guy who will help his football <laughs> team but will not necessarily help your fantasy team. Like, he's yep. a, he'll help an NFL team. For sure. For sure, is he is he Deshaun Jackson? Is that what he, is that what I he, think that's too, the comp? He's too small for Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson's pretty he, small. He was one seventy something yeah. coming out. I mean, yeah, they're they're seven, close. Ten pounds heavier. That's true. That's true. I mean, again, Isabella's one eighty eight. He's five foot nine. I, like, okay, I will that's say okay. this. And you said oh, that's a good size for five foot nine. Yeah, so it's. I know. Twenty the, pounds is a lot. If you lost twenty pounds, you're feeling good about yourself. You're like, sure. I lost twenty pounds. If you're a weakling and you pick up a twenty pound weight, you're gonna be like, This is heavy. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. No not, he, not me obviously not no, me. No, no, for I'm sure. A dynasty beef cake. <laughs> um I will say though, he is more than just a burner. Yeah. Um he, he runs good routes. Um he's able to create a lot of space. Now obviously speed creates space, mm-hmm. but he's able to to manipulate 
defenders into creating space as well. And so he, he does some things well, um, but he, he's an obvious in, injury concern. He's been hurt a lot. He's already coming off a Liz Frank injury. Um, you watch certain times where he would just take hits, where he would go flying. Um, Tumbleweed style, yeah. Right, right. Like, <laughs> I mean, he just... Um, so, I mean, there's just a lot of concern with that, too. He's obviously not going to be a go-up-and-get-the-ball kind of guy. Uh, contested catches or not. I don't think he's ever had to contest a catch, really. So No, because I, if, he, if he goes up for a contested catch, you just knock him off. Right, it. you just knock him off. Like He yep. ain't contesting anything. Like, there's no contesting. Right. So, I mean, perfect situation. Like if he went to the prices right, he would, his name would not be called because there's no contestant. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I thought you were the funny one, Rich. I am the funny one. <laughs> Please laugh at my jokes. It's, Dead all, jokes I night. it's all I got to live for. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is definitely – there's tons of upside. Um, there's obviously the ability to be able to break off a touchdown at any time. Anytime. But that's not a guy that I want to bank on for my team. He's got elite quickness, elite speed. Elite. He's so dangerous, dangerous. with the ball in his hands not in the open field. Dangerous. Not that dangerous because you just wake up like that. This guy, I think, has to work on it a little bit. <laughs> work his way up to that point. <laughs> but, but he, he is like he—he he is one of the best route runners that I saw. You know that I've evaluated so far. So he is an enigma because you know if if this guy is two inches taller or heck if he's even just twenty pounds, you know, heavier. Sure. I think it's a totally different thing that we're that we're we're talking about here but but at that size and in the nfl going against grown men it's so hard to evaluate whether or not a guy's gonna be able to hold up Dude, it's and, hard and, to evaluate when you're watching him and his head looks so big with that helmet on and he has this little little body head yeah it's like it's like a little <laughs> astronaut little alien guy walking out there and it's just like you're trying not to giggle you're like is that really going on look at that it big is, ass it, helmet a little his body it's a little peewee football looking <laughs> very peewee it's like a little giant him. i'll show you james but in like fast forward because the guy because the guy is moving so fast it's ridiculous so um Great stats, good routes. Great stats. I mean, this guy, man. So here's the thing. Okay, can I, can I just get into Marquise get Brown a little bit? Go okay. for it. Yeah. Besides the big head, like he doesn't have a big head, but the, you know when you're that small and you have an actual helmet on you, like it looks funny. Just go watch him play. It looks funny. I'm sorry. If it's me, then I'm a bad person. Then you know what? I can live with myself. I like myself. I have no problem. You disagree with me? That's fine. Um, he, he's coming off back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner quarterback. So he's got yep. two really good quarterbacks to get him the football and what he does. He does have terrific speed. He does run good routes. But at college, too, that ability really gets you that separation, like Garrett said, very, very easily when you're like that. Again, it doesn't really translate in the NFL as much because guess what? There's a lot of cornerbacks out there that run at 4-3 speed. You know, Denzel Wards, guys like that. They're small, too, but that's why they play cornerback, okay? So, like you said, there's no contested catcher with him. There's none at all. Like he could be tossed around very, very easily. Um, his hands are somewhat questionable. He had an eight point nine percent drop rate. Okay, that's not. It's slightly below I, average. I saw some balls that got into his body a little bit and bounced off the pads and, and went and hit the ground. So I, I would agree with you there. He's got some suspect hands, you're especially hope- for somebody that's not doing contested catches either. Right. Yeah, the yep. price is wrong, bitch. Uh, you're hoping that like the NFL rules nowadays are going to help a guy like sure. him with like just keeping defenders off him all together because again he is elite speed and i mean that list frank let's not just throw that by the wayside you did injury that's not a good injury i mean that's when you break the middle part of your foot like there that's not a good injury to have no but it is common i think nowadays it's been like almost in vogue for for a lot of wide receivers to get that injury and, and it's you know a result of them cutting so much and, and making such violent cuts so 
it, it definitely is something that's a, that's a worry, and they do seem to reoccur, which is another big-time worry with that injury. But, I mean, it's not like – I feel like it's one of those things that doctors have adjusted to, and now they're starting to get over it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Madonna, it's in vogue. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I got you. Um, he worries me. I don't like – I understand. I don't like to – I do not – I don't draft wide receivers like this because occasionally they pan out. Maybe occasionally you get Brent, Deshaun Jackson. Occasionally you get Brandon Cooks. Tyreek you know? Hill. You know, Tyree, occasionally, yeah, but Tyree kills thicker. Than, like he he's, is. yeah, he that's, is. this is no, like Matt said, if he had an extra 20 pounds, like this isn't, oh, his he question. would, I would, I would be talking about oh, him. Oh, we'd like love him. Tyree yeah, kill it's, if it's, he was 20, 20 exactly. pounds ever. But he's not, and he's not going to get there. Like he does not have the frame to get there. So guys like him, again, they worry me. You want to know why? Because the odds are for them to be fancy, like weapons, like on a week in, week out basis, you could trust. The odds of them becoming that are slim. Again, there's outliers. Nobody's thought Antonio Brown is going to be the greatest receiver of sure. all time, one of those guys. Speaking of which, that's actually his cousin. Yes. So How I did we I, forget I, to say that? I did want to mention that before we get we moved on. Oh, you want to talk about Calvin Riley really being Calvin's brother, but you want to talk about cousins. Well, I eventually got around to saying Calvin Ridley was Riley Ridley's brother, too. So Thanks, family tree. We're getting around to it. What are you, DNAancestry.com over there? I'm 23andMe, sir. Ooh, okay. 23andMe. <laughs> that sounds like a hot place to hang. Uh so he just, to me, again, I'm not taking him in the first round. Like I'm no. not, I'm not investing here. Like if I'm, if I'm in the, cause you're, if I'm in the back end of the first round, this isn't something I'm trying to add to my dynasty roster at all. Like he's, he's, to me, he's most likely going to be a spotty kind of guy mm-hmm. that you best know, ball, it, great in best ball. Yeah. Best ball player, you know, where when you look over at his overall numbers on a year, you know, where the catches are a little, maybe a little bit lower, but the numbers are there. And like, it's like, oh, those aren't bad, but spread over 16 games. Like, again, again a team, a person that's going to help an NFL team, but I, he's not somebody that I believe you're going to rely on week in, week out on your roster. And the best ability is reliability. That's what I want on my roster. I want somebody that I can put in my lineup and trust mm-hmm. in that game. I'm not looking to worry because, again, you don't want to have to have that problem when you're getting to the playoffs. You don't want to have to make that decision. Like, Oh, come on, Marquise, just have catch that 80 yard touchdown this week. Come on, baby. You know what I mean? Like, cause when you do that, you have to do it for three. Here's the thing. It's not just a champion. Like, you got to get through the first round of your playoffs. Right. Like, if you don't have a buy, then you got to get the second round of playoffs. And then you got to win the champion. Like you got, you need somebody to come out through, come up for you for three weeks in a row. It's, re- it's the reason some people were trading Odell when it shouldn't have been because the last two years he wasn't there for the playoffs. You know, right. it could be something that could be, the the Titanic of Todd Gurley, where we see him at the end of these years now, a couple of times where they're resting him a little bit because of the knee. It could be. Not saying it is going to be, but that there's that slightest little negativity in the air about it. And for me, Marquise Brown completely falls in that category of I can't trust you week in, week out. He's got the speed. He can run the routes. Does that give him a chance of success? Yes. But I think those odds are kind of low. Same reason I don't want to bet on DK Metcalf. I don't want to bet on Marquise Brown. Yep. Now, if I had to bet on the two, I'm going to bet on DK Metcalf because he's the big, gigantic Tyrannosaurus Rex out there. And I'm the exact opposite. I'm going to I'm gonna bet on this guy. I came away more impressed after watching the tape than I thought I would be because uh, I went in with such a bias, like, oh, 5'9", 166 pounds. I'm not going to want to have anything to do with this guy. And I think he, he impressed me. You know what I mean? Uh, so... He's going to get hurt. I, I don't have him in my first round. I'm not going to have him in my first round. But if I had to pick between DK Metcalf and, and Marquise Brown, I think I'd pick Marquise Brown. There's nothing I hate worse when people talk about predicting the players and stuff like that, and they talk like it's fact, and I just did it. I'm like, oh, he's going to get hurt. <laughs> <It's my laughs> done le- and done. It's my least favorite thing 
uh, is like when you're talking fantasy and people talk about the future, like, well, I mean, unless you have crystal balls, come from guys, crystal balls. <laughs> but like, it, I mean, we all, but we all know that's, you know, there's a lot of jest in that. Like, but you know, when those people that talk like, oh, he's not going to do that. It's like, what? You know, you always got to leave the window and the door a little ajar for the possibility. Like all these guys we talked about have the chance to do be su- highly successful. I mean, I don't think rather really could be highly successful, but like Marquise Brown, he could be Brandon Cooks. Like absolutely, you know, good. he yeah. could definitely be Brandon Cooks, and that's you're getting a consistent thousand yard receiver there. You know, low end wide receiver one, consistent mid range wide receiver two. It's just that it's just that size really, really worries me. I mean, because listen, when you you got to run fast because mm-hmm. they're going to destroy you. Oh yeah, and to me. For him to live, like everything's going to have to be past ten yards. I mean, I don't want to keep him yeah, away from the linebackers, the keep him away from the box safeties because they're just going to eat him up. You know, like don't give him any end around screens, please. Like he might just not come back from it. <laughs> and he's—I don't think Antonio Brown, his cousin, would appreciate that. Nope. Probably put out some Twitter post or Instagram post saying, you know, you remember him up in my DMs, tell me you wanted to live. Look at him, Mile Dot Stadium. Mile Dot Stadium <laughs> hashtag. So, well, that's it. Next week's the NFL draft. Uh, so it's, things are about to get real serious up in here. Uh, and we're going to solidify our rankings after that. We're going to up-update our rankings this week because now that we're pretty much through the tape here, uh, Garrett's going to add his rankings to our rookie rankings. So look for that probably by no later than a weekend. Uh, I'm going to try and get them up there. I think we're going to try and get them on the site within the next actually day. They might be up there today. Um, as soon as Matt gets them over to the web, we'll have them up. So maybe today, the Googles and the internets. Yeah, they're all they're all all the there. Twitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our rookie rankings will be updated. They should be a lot. Of, I I cha- plan on changing a lot. Oh, I'll be changing. I'll be changing some stuff. Like I said, next week we're going to try and get into episodes. We're going to get the tight ends on our normal show, and then we're going to get into another batch of receivers. There's guys we got to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, Preston Williams. We got to talk about Hunter Renfro. We got to talk about Jalen Hurd, Miles Boykin. Um, Deontay, uh, Deontay, we got to talk about Stanley Morgan Jr. Uh, Craig Dortch. Yeah, there's some guys here. Even, even some of the guys we're talking about, we might not get through all these guys. But we, I'd like to do a quick hit on these guys because yeah. they're guys that I feel are should definitely be on your radar. Mm-hmm. And then after the NFL draft comes, we'll do an NFL draft breakdown, like what we like, what we don't like show. And then after that, we're going to break down these rookies, all of them. And if they were drafted – we're going to go back and watch the tape on them and have analysis on them and then have an actual set rankings to get you ready for your, your rookie draft. And I think through so far through all this, I think we've, got, we've given you a lot of information on these players, um, at least put you in position to know what you're getting yourself into, who we like, who we don't like. Let's cap it off next week. Let's get into the NFL draft. Uh, it's the first time in my forever I can remember – you know, uh, where the Browns don't have a high first-round pick. So, for me, this is going to be really weird in the first round, like just sitting back watching other teams do work. And I'm like, yeah, you know. Don't be surprised if we move in there. Listen, I already know that we're okay because the Browns had the best first-round pick out of everybody. I mean, we got Odell Beckham. Jack, so, jackpot. I mean, the Bears, I mean, the Bears did pretty good with their first-round pick, too, getting Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's not bad. I mean, he's good, but he doesn't play with Baker, so sorry. <laughs> Plays with our boy Mitch, though. Mm-hmm. Everything's better in men or Mitch. Um, so we'll be back next week. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm now at Dynasty Price. Yeah, Price Jack. Price Jack. Yeah, you're looking for that Dynasty Price? Check it up, Dynasty Price. Um, Garrett's been putting out some really good threads on these rookies too. So if you want to see not only the quick analysis, but actually see a couple of videos as well, make sure you're following De- uh, Garrett on Twitter at Dynasty Price. We've got a couple guys out there doing 
uh, some of these threats. Doing now, some too. more now too, um, trying to get as much information as we can before the draft. For yeah, guys. I mean, uh, we Mr. Com- at Mr. Commissioner just gave away an Amari Cooper jersey, uh, nice. which I really wanted, which was really sweet. That I was, was hoping he was gonna like, hey, since you like kind of helped me out, you know, maybe I'll get you this jersey, and that didn't happen. That would not be fair <laughs> so, to the people that actually you don't rig contests. That's how you oh. go under. Um, so at Mr. Commissioner, give him a follow. He's been on a couple threads. Yeah. Um, Ray GQ. Ray GQ, uh, yeah. uh, make sure give him follow. He's doing some th- threads out He's there. He's doing some threads. Newest addition well. to the Dynasters team. Yeah, just a couple uh, days ago. And I gotta say, I feel really good about Ray joining the team, like a former Division Two athlete. Like I feel he knows good. what he's talking about. I love guys like that are coming here and give some really good different insights. So. Um, I just put a tweet out, I think, or the Dynasty Nerds site put a tweet out about some of these new writers we added, you know, from the real Philippe. Philippe you know, I, I wish I could say I'm terrible here. Um, we've got some really good additions to the team. Check, check out the tweet. Check out the tweet. Uh, and so, but we got some good threats. It's always good to see some video on there. And I know we're working on some things here at Dynasty Nerds where not only are we going to give you these rookie breakdowns, but we're going to give you video to back it up. So that should be on the site pretty soon. I know Garrett and Matt are working really hard uh, beside, behind the scenes here on that as well. Uh, we got a lot of cool things coming here at Dynasty Nerds over the next, hopefully, 14 days. I've only been saying the Rankins and Last Nerd Standing is going to be out for 90 forever. days. 90 days? Yeah, forever. Yep. Well, we found out what the problem was, and hopefully here and within 14 days. But I'm done hoping. Yep. It's the last hope. You can hope in one hand Anakin. and crap in the other and see which one fills up faster. You hope in one and crap in the other. It's the poop hand. That's just, <laughs> spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's the poop hand. Don't wipe with your hands. What are you, a Sasquatch? Uh, so, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every day. Like I said, we added a whole bunch of new writers, so we have all this great quality content coming up there. We have our rookie rankings coming up here really soon. Our actual Dynasty rankings will be up here soon as well. A lot of cool things to come, even like Last Nerd Standing, which I'm still excited about. Uh, until then, we'll be back next week, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the next week. It's going to be really good. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.